Welcome, friend, to another special commentary from the Friday Nightmares podcast, available first on the Legion Patreon page. Um, I am one third of your hosting team tonight, Heather Powell, coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford himself, coming to you from Swartz Creek, Ontario, Michigan. Because <laughs> <laughs> we I, it, I got to do it every time now because we don't know geography and we have a very very special guest with us today he is the boss um like for those of you who watched wrestling he's like the big boss man he has a knife thick and everything and when we don't (laughs) listen to him he uses it we have Bo welcome Bo hey hi how is everyone (laughs) man how are you you're looking well (laughs) <laughs> we are we are good, Bo. Thank you for being here. So, Bo, for the people who don't know you, can you just give a little brief introduction of who you are with the Legion Podcast Network? Yeah, sure. Well, it all started back in the seventies, Heather. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I'm I, I like to think of it as editor in chief of Legion Podcasts. Uh, you know, I kind of do all the website stuff and and kind of curate the shows to some degree and and that kind of thing. And, uh, and host my own shows. I do a, a show called Pick Six Movies, uh, where me and a, a, an old friend of mine uh, kind of make fun of bad movies. Uh, but we do it in, I, you know, we try to provide some education as well. You kind of have to listen to it. So if you haven't heard it, listen to Pick Six Movies. And then uh, I do a show called Hero Hero Go Show that's all about Asian horror. And then Duncan and Bo Come Correct, which is me and my, uh, my good friend Duncan McLeish doing a show that uh started about movies and has recently become about the television series slasher that we became obsessed with because it made us laugh (laughs) pick six movies is hilarious i actually forced scott to listen to your pedals in the forest simply so we could make fun of bart winslow bart winslow yeah yeah yeah. oh my god and she hasn't forced me to do anything she just suggested that episode and yeah i am laughing my ass off because i I think i stopped listening because you hurt my feelings when you were uh, pretty much tearing apart christmas vacation i think it was last year or the year before yeah yeah we neither chad or, or myself are big fans of christmas vacation but you know we all have our things yeah so i so now i'm just hate listening Bo. (laughs) <laughs> i get it no i mean we hate watch these movies like i, I in very short order uh the, sometime today i will be watching the movie spice world not oh be- boy not because i want to but because i do this show where i am forced to pick terrible movies to watch <laughs> for myself and um yeah but it's a lot of fun like uh, you know the the opening segment is sort of an informational piece about whether you know the movie or somebody in the movie or something around the movie and 
that stuff is is really fun to to kind of write and produce and and so forth so yeah I mean, i'm very proud of that show you know speaking of writing bow that's a really great segue oh. um wasn't that gosh it was perfectly put together because you when you're writing actually the segue for pick six it a lot of detail goes into it particularly with pedals in the wind you were having a sex ed class for a robot which was actually quite entertaining you definitely yeah, you. are a performer which leads us to what do performers do they write and what do they write sometimes they write slashers so the whole reason for this commentary is we are taking a look at your slasher that you wrote lost after dark that is correct i have uh i have written this this film not originally called last lost after dark but um yes that is the movie we will be watching can you share with us what the original name was or is that private no 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 i can absolutely talk about that or originally the name of the movie was house on the hill 2 oh okay why oh, nice. two uh because we thought it was funny that it was, oh, it, okay. it, it was a sequel to a movie that had never been made and the idea was the scene that you'll see at the very beginning of the movie is the last scene of that movie and oh. but yeah. as we were going into production for the movie uh, lost after dark it turns out somebody and no one in the history of movies had ever released a horror film before called house on the hill and wow right right and that's why we thought it was so and the idea was well we could do house on the hill too and if it was successful we could go back and do a, pre a prequel that was called house on the hill and it would be funny to do a prequel to a movie that was just the name of the movie you know <laughs> yeah so it, it like it was very funny to us and uh as it happened as we were going into production for the first time ever in the history of movies a movie called house on the hill i think maybe one in 1939 had come out or something like that but but nothing in the past like 70 years and then it just so happened someone was making a movie called house on the hill and obviously we didn't want to come out ahead of that and appear to be a sequel to a movie that was about to come out or just had come out or whatever so we had to we had to kind of scramble and change the title and but we wanted something that was also kind of evocative of you know that era of slashers of you know the watcher in the woods and you know are are you alone in the house and lost after dark and you know that was kind of the idea so what year nice. did you did you finish writing this bill uh probably 94 six oh wow. wow and it didn't have a release till 2014 is that correct that yeah that's right that yeah okay. that that script was probably yeah it was easily 15 years old if not older than wow it got made that's crazy yeah. so just really briefly because i'm sure it's a, it's a long story but how what was the gap what was the reason behind it well uh <laughs> um you know it, it's almost impossible to break into the movie business if you are mm. not like if you're not kind of geographically in the area if you don't have some kind of connection it's it, it's tough to get in you know there I, there was a, a a great documentary on screenwriting called uh letters from the script i think it was called i'd have to look at again but something like that tale tales from the script that's what okay. it was called tales from oh, nice. the script. and uh and and, and a lot of the uh, one of the writers being interviewed, it was a lot of great writers like Frank Darabont and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Waldo Salt, I think, uh, gets name checked a lot, um, who, of course, wrote uh, 
uh, Casablanca. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So at any rate, um, the there there was a, a writer who said the thing about the business is there's no real one way in. Everybody's got their own way into the business, and as soon as they get in that way the the door seals behind them so nobody can ever get in that exact same way again yeah and and that is something that i think is really true and so my weird way into it was i was i i was just a writer i'd been writing since i was probably 12 years old and i also love movies so at a certain point when in my late teens um i decided that i wanted to try writing movies and so I did. So I read a bunch of movies. I got books and taught myself the format and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, submitted to a couple of, of screenplay competitions and, and placed in a couple. And uh, we actually went to Rhode Island at one point uh, and realized like, oh, these film festivals are local shit. I didn't have to come here for this. This is silly. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was fun. And uh, so, yeah, and, but what, what kind of got me there was there was a, a website that you could just, you know, you posted the scripts that you'd written on um, and, and other writers would read it and kind of review it and stuff like that. But also every now and again, like low budget producers would pop onto the site and like, hey, here's the kind of what I'm looking for. Does anybody have a script like this? And that's the screenplay market in a nutshell is, hey, this movie got popular. What what other screenplays are like that thing that made money? Yeah, makes sense. Yep, that yeah. makes that a is, lot of sense. That is 100% how the screenplay market works. And so um, uh, so the guy who directed Lost After Dark, a guy named Ian Kessner, he read uh, a couple of the scripts that I had posted there and, and reached out to me and said, hey, I really like this. And then we did a couple of uh, bits together, like wrote some some short stuff and that kind of thing. And um, a couple of other scripts we wrote together on spec. We were developing a TV show that got fairly far along at a certain point. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, you know, like you do, it's you just keep swinging at it and, and, and hope like all of entertainment is like 98% people telling you no. And you just got to keep after it till someone tells you yes. And mm. and so the thing is, Lost After Dark at the time, House on the Hill 2, was the thing that got a yes because it wasn't very expensive. Um, it was kind of meta horror, mm -hmm. um, which at the time I wrote it wasn't really that popular. But by the time it got made was incredibly popular. Yeah. And... So that's kind of how it all came together. And, you know, Ian had never directed a feature before, but he had done uh, a lot of short films and that kind of thing, had gone to film school and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, he had a few connections and, and had uh, some people that were doing production work. And, you know, again, it was one of those things where, uh, like, during the, the pre-production, like, we were, I was about to fly to Canada and to to be there for the first week of shooting and the funding fell out oh and, my goodness and it looked like the movie was never gonna happen and a couple of months later it got put back together which is remarkable the fact that that the the fact that like movies fall apart all the time the fact that somebody like picked it up and got it got it back on its feet is kind of the unusual thing so i'm incredibly lucky that the movie exists at all and uh and yeah so the you know we got the we finally got the funding and 
before you start the movie uh it's probably worth pointing out this is all canadian shot so nice so right in heather's alley well sudbury was where it was filmed which is about five hours from me sudbury is is the i want to say the exteriors i may have this reverse but the the exteriors were in one part of canada and uh something sound and i can't remember the name oh perry sound Perry Sound. Yeah, and near then, Sudbury. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. the exteriors, I think, were done there, and then the interiors were all done in Sudbury. So very cheap up uh, northern Ontario for everyone who's listening, which is a province in Canada, just so we're clear. Nothing yeah. drives me more crazy when people refer to Canada and then they say a city. So Perry it's Sound, Ontario, Canada, and Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. Yes. Um, and were the two locations yeah super inexpensive uh had their their film crews available and also great canadian tax credits that is yes there is that's the story of lost after dark yes nice yes we we really make filming here cheap we just recently where i live in hamilton ontario canada which is where you wouldn't believe it but most of your american films seem to be filmed (laughs) Right. And TV shows a lot of the time um, because we have a steel town so we can look like any low rundown city and then we have beautiful escarpments where if you saw uh, Becky last year that whole thing was filmed five minutes away from my house um, which looks like it was filmed up north yeah so yeah. you know we have the variety and we have a huge movie studio that we've just developed massive because it's a big revenue for us um, having Americans come up, which has really been hit hard by COVID nineteen, you know, I can it's, imagine it's, it's it's been tough. I was last before our second lockdown. Have you guys heard of The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I walked through that being filmed, like that's just normal in Hamilton. Like you'll be walking out somewhere and you'll be like, oh, like a sign will say, "Filming is occurring. You may be caught on camera," and something could be being filmed. Right? Oh, nice. Like it's just it's you know i don't want to say it's like it's fairly common like it happens a lot there was a filming at an old target for some movie just around the corner from my house like it just they just show up and they film obviously there's planning into it but you're not really aware of that as a um as a consumer it chapter two the Corey scene was filmed 10 minutes away from my workplace you know like it's it's really it's it's interesting so it makes sense that they would have brought this film up here and i honestly didn't recognize it as perry sound or Sudbury when i saw it the first time so um they did a pretty good job of just making it look like any northern area um have you now have you ever done a commentary though about this film uh, ever yeah ian and i did one okay um which you can find on legionpodcast.com uh nice and yeah, it was uh, uh, one of those things like we did it ourselves when, when I went out for the premiere of the film, because like this was not the kind of movie where they like bring you into the studio to do a mm-hmm. commentary and that kind of thing. Um, but we both wanted to do it because we thought it was like, you know, both of us loved horror movies and, and wanted to uh, sort of celebrate, you know, the movie for ourselves as much as anything like, um, you know shit making movies is tough and and the fact that the movie got made like i said it was kind of a minor miracle so we were like hey nobody's gonna pay for a commentary so fuck it we're gonna do one and but that was like uh, a lot of the end really getting into sort of casting and stuff like that so if you're if you're interested in like a very detailed commentary about like the super ins and outs of uh, uh of the movie making process 
uh, that's kind of that commentary. Which I think is valuable for anybody who wants to do a movie one day. I think a lot of people watch movies and they, you know, I, I talk a lot about quarter or armchair quarterbacks and that they think it's so easy. It's not easy. And I think you've kind of given a small sample of how it's not easy and that there's a lot of work that goes behind the screen. So that's awesome to have that commentary out there for people that want to learn more. Yeah, yeah. Like an honest-to-goodness movie set is, it, it's, it is it is tough to run you know like it's not the hardest work in the world or anything but it like it it requires a lot of skill and a lot of patience and a lot of people all pulling in the same direction and yeah it's tough making movies hard absolutely so which is why i allow you to criticize slasher because you've made a movie (laughs) yeah i like i don't feel as bad about when i when i say like oh man that you know that movie or show kind of sucks uh like i've been on the receiving end of that i've had plenty of people tell me like oh lost after dark kind of sucks i'm like i get it man like you know ain't for everybody and uh uh and it's hard you know it is it's tough work but also you know it it, i got a little skin in the game i ain't ain't afraid to take a stand absolutely and i think that does give you street cred it really does right i have zero cred street cred life cred i got no cred i got barely podcasting cred it's like <laughs> in a year and a half so um so thank you again Bo. we'll we'll start the movie shortly but first let's make sure everyone is all queued up scotty are you ready to go i am all set Bo, are you ready to go i am also all set awesome so on my count three two one we'll hit play so three two one go all so, right Anchor Bay Entertainment was that the production company and Raven Banner that yeah they're uh releasing not okay. production so okay so they're the releasing okay yeah, yeah they handle believe, distribution and cool. I believe Raven Banner is a Canadian Gold uh, Rush is the production Gold Rush okay. Entertainment is the production on that and I believe Raven Banner is like like Canadian company yeah they did the the claim to fame was they were also handling the battery at the same time which is oh, a, nice. a big favorite of mine and i love and, that this is filmed in michigan or yeah it's supposed or to be it says michigan. michigan yeah it looks michigan that's it actually does. scott's house yeah right <laughs> that looks yeah. like the house i went in, uh went to on my uh on my trip to the abandoned houses up north <laughs> i think originally yeah because the, the idea was to kind of ape halloween a little bit and do that you know haddonfield illinois whatever year you know um and instead we were doing the the michigan uh 1977 i and i'd have to look at the script to see how far back that title card goes but pretty far back it's in the early versions that's awesome as soon as i I seen that it made me just made me smile like ah michigan (laughs) (laughs) he's like i would like to be the killer as well in michigan (laughs) um so so bo when we're looking at this opening scene here a young lady runs out of a house she runs into a bear trap just narrowly miss it so what was your thought of setting all this up? Well, again, this was the idea of this is the end of the first movie. Okay. It is that this is like her finding all her friends and shit like that. And then she doesn't get away, you know? Okay. And so, um, yeah, it was, uh, again, you know, it is the Friday the 13th to picking up where the last one left off kind of thing. 
and it, that would that's why it was fun to do a sequel to a movie that didn't exist is you could be like hey remember this scene from the movie that didn't happen <laughs> um, and we were always kind of enamored by the idea of somebody being like you know what we we always really liked house on the hill i'm glad somebody finally made a sequel to that because <laughs> uh, there would absolutely have been those people and that entertained us to no end and i do have a question though like yeah what made you choose to uh, like have it set in michigan um, it was just kind of that Midwest sort of vibe, like it, you know, that's sort of Middle America, and that's where most of the slashers are kind of the best of the slashers. Like, and most of them are not big city movies, right? They're right suburban areas and that kind of thing. And so that was it. It was like let's find a suburb in somewhere in Michigan or you know Canada, but that was the idea. It's just suburban Michigan, plain Jane, you know, the most white bread American experience that we could think of nice yeah because i was like yeah this just like the outside shots definitely feel michigan to me now with this opening here we have a young lady beautiful yellow dress it's set in 1984 she's going on her first sleepover so was this kind of like you wanted to keep it in the 80s you wanted to keep that 80s slashers vibe is that what you were thinking with this yeah and and we're you know this is uh setting up the idea of like here is the the girl that you recognize from these movies right like she's mm -hmm. the innocent she is the the fresh-faced girl that um you know like as this scene is explaining like her uh, her mother has died this is her kind of re-entering life again and trying to get back to the business of living and her father saying well, yeah absolutely you need to get out there and and live your life and and so in most of these horror movies right like she confronts evil and the movie ends with her saving the day and sort of learning her own power that's how most of these movies happen absolutely and i think you're setting her up perfectly um and obviously the casting was good too because she's quite likable like already within that conversation with her dad you you kind of get the feeling that she's friendly she's talked to her friend outside she seems like someone that you would want to spend time with so i think that's really smart character development too even in that beginning scene um yeah. This principal guy is a well-known actor, actually. Yeah, I've Robert Robert Patrick, right? the Terminator, the T-1000 himself. Right? So much stuff. Um, I think it's great that he's here, and I love the like the high school dance that we're that we're going into. Is this just also just keeping in with that kind of teenage theme and what you usually see in slashers? Is what you were thinking? Yeah, and it's kind of the idea of especially a lot of the older slashers. The first like twenty minutes of it is all you know introducing characters mm -hmm. you're getting uh kind of into the lives of you're kind of learning the reasons why you want them to live or die that kind of thing and um yeah and and keeping it in high school was, was certainly important because i you know i for me i like I, i'm i'm a halloween guy i like the teenage babysitters being terrorized um that probably sounds worse than I intended. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, everyone, on the Legion Podcast Network, but, Network Patreon. <laughs> right, but that—that's what it, what I enjoyed, and and so like th there are plenty of touches uh, in this movie that is just hey, here's some shit I liked. Um, like all the character names are uh, final girls. I thought they're going to be all your exes, Bo. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're all um, they're, no, they're all, they're all final girls very uh, nice that's cool yeah 
like uh there's jamie for jamie lee curtis and adrian is adrian barbeau and anyway no a lot of women in horror are represented uh, yeah i didn't actually catch that before so i think it's interesting that you're sharing this now because i did watch this previously to doing this commentary yep, same here um and that's cool that's a cool little thing that you added in there Pull the ripoff from uh from Night of the Creeps. I was like, if it's good enough for Fred Decker, it's good enough for me. I was just about to say, is that like a nod to it? <laughs> At a hundred percent. Night of the Creeps is one of my favorite movies. And if you're making a movie, I'm gonna like it's the reason this is fun for me to watch is like getting away with that kind of shit. Right. Like there is a um in the kids movie that I wrote, there is a line from Highlander. Uh, nice. that i slipped into that movie <laughs> that's awesome yeah mm, i'd be interested to see what line that was it's um <laughs> it is the line about uh, uh from the kurgan in in highlander where the girl comes in and says, the prostitute shows up at his hotel and says i'm candy and he says of course you are is <laughs> in the kids movie only obviously under entirely different context but, <laughs> right but my name is candy of course you are is in that movie that's awesome yeah yeah no i don't i don't know that anyone has ever noticed it but me and that's what makes it great <laughs> right something just subtle that you enjoy right like you're gonna hire me to write a kid's movie i'm gonna include some highlander dialogue that's just how it goes <laughs> that's what i love now i do love how you got these these now did you would you have anything to do with the casting because i gotta say these gentlemen it's kind of nice to see a diverse cast of not only uh body shapes but a little bit of some ethnic diversity as well did you have anything to do with that though or was that just a decision that was made separately outside of you no the characters are are there as written i mean you know <laughs> like the uh they they were all like all of these guys and gals are kind of the characters that i had in mind and you know it's not the most diverse cast ever but there's some diversity and that well, was important and you do have a heavier set gentleman here being kind of hanging out with the popular girls and sure out Toby. With the popular guys yeah. right um and he was the one that just you know uh what's that called when hot you, wire hot wire thank yeah, you yeah, yeah. he's he's right? the, the gadget guy yeah 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 um, so I do like that. The rest of it's pretty whitewash, which I do expect for Northern Ontario. But I <laughs> was, um, I just really, when I saw those three dudes there, I'm like, that's pretty diverse, actually. It's nice to see kind of dudes from different shapes. And even the young ladies um, are quite affable and they're playing their characters, I think, quite well. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think that the casting is perfect. Like, and it fits for the theme of the slash that we're watching. Though it does feel a little bit like the grassy high with this filming, which is yeah. a well-known Canadian show, and I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm familiar with the grassy. I think some of these kids have, may have worked on Degrassi at some point. They um, probably did. I, yeah, because they apparently some of them knew each other when they got cast. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, so normally a writer would have nothing to do with the casting, but Ian and I work together uh, fairly well. By the way, that when Jamie has that flash there that's kind of a director nod of like oh she's actually the final girl she has this moment where she understands that everyone else is about to die ah um, that makes sense yeah and it's the only kind of nod in the early part of the movie to the idea that we're we're setting up this you know 
Lori to be kind of the the main character and <laughs> we like we sp- we burn a lot of calories on like her relationship with the you know kind of the thug and everybody's kind of down like the movie kind of centers around her up until it doesn't which uh was fun anyway um but about the casting normally a writer has nothing to do with the casting but Ian and Ian and I were pretty close so I got to see a lot of the videos because that's how it starts is they everybody submits a video sample it's not really headshots and calling people into a room and stuff that's really cool I um yeah I I really don't know how casting works I I have no idea so that kind of gives a little bit of a sample into it yeah so you get these videos and you start off and I this is just the corrupting influence of power um you start off with hey I want to look at every detail of the performance they're giving I want to make sure that we give everybody their due but after you see about 10 of them you're just like you listen to about three lines and you're like no that's not right and and it's weird because you understand how dismissive you are of somebody's art and it feels shitty but also it's the business of movies yeah you absolutely. Know, of looking at an actor and just being like nope you know so yeah, i had like, some degree of influence which is, is rare but it was an interesting look into that process for sure and that's neat because yeah like i i don't think i would have uh guessed that you would have had like any influence with like the casting choices yeah normally not but i like i was on the phone a lot with ian even during the production and that kind of thing because like i said i was going to go up there for a little bit but then it got shut down and when it brought back uh, it came back up i just wasn't able to go but i was like on the phone with him on breaks between shots and stuff like that nice so he would be like hey here's a because shit would have to change like it's a low budget movie and sometimes you have money to do a thing and sometimes you don't and so there would be things where it'd be like oh we've got to like this scene right here was added uh later like as the movie was being shot this whole thing was added oh okay uh, with with this homeless guy being murdered because they were like we just need we need somebody killed and so it was like oh okay well how about this dude and you know it establishes some stuff but not it it didn't exist in the original script at all nice yeah i, was saying, I enjoy yeah, the I, camera work here too like leading up to behind the homeless guy it takes me very back much back to friday the 13th yeah and i really enjoyed that everybody on the crew like ian put together uh killer mix that's a real dumb joke um <laughs> like i said there's stuff about this that there's one line in particular that still makes me laugh a lot in this movie but um yeah like uh, uh ian had a list of movies for the the crew for like the director of photography like you know the burning and friday the 13th and halloween and stuff like that so it was like how do we kind of get sort of that vibe and and on digital like all this is digitally shot and you know you throw a process over it to try to make it look more like film and especially a little more like degraded film but you don't want to overdo that and you know yada yada i'm loving that you're using a boom box on here and the most i don't think any of these kids would have ever used cassette players ever until this film they probably pulled this out yeah. and was like all right guys we're using this and they were like what is what sorcery is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, vintage <laughs> right i th- you're probably right and we by the way we bought that bus the production company bought that bus that was a thing we owned that, that is, is awesome. amazing well i love how she had a rubik's cube and then she throws it out the, <laughs> out the yeah <laughs> basically just gives up on it yeah, that like, was fuck pretty this funny. toy 
yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's a gag that was in the the original script as well like there there are a handful of jokes that are very much my sensibility for sure well and you know i feel the same way about rubik's cube (laughs) so i kind of feel her like you always think it's a good idea and then you get like halfway through and you're like why am i wasting my time on this i don't understand what i'm doing (laughs) i like that shot i like that far away shot of the bus yeah yeah like the camera work in this was was very well done and definitely i'm glad no uh no black bears made it into any of these scenes because they are rampant in sudbury and i've run into them myself when i've been up in sudbury so i'm very happy that there was enough noise that they didn't come well at least they didn't come looking for food because people feed them a lot so I was, yeah. <laughs> now I, knowing I'm, that i'm, I'm very unaware. surprised yeah I'm, I'm not aware of any bear activity on the line <laughs> on or around the production you know what they're canadians i wouldn't have told you anywhere but yeah. <laughs> they would have been like, oh yeah just same old same old i do this, uh, this just happens all the time this is how <laughs> it goes down i do enjoy these young ladies just stripping down randomly and getting changed i guess they're again that's changed out of their prom stuff right th- that's the idea but it, that this was a also a scene added later because the producers were like hey we don't have any tits in this movie and we were like, yeah, well, you know, we didn't want to make some poor young actress take off her top for this movie. Uh, so, you know, they were like, well, it's got to be a little sexy. So we, this was a scene that got written after uh, the fact to make the producers have a slightly sexy movie. Well, and you know what? It's not too bad. They're just wearing their bras and panties. It's not, you know, I don't think it's too scandalous. It, no, it's not terrible and you know it was it, it was one of those things that it, we kind of wrestled with because uh i again i was of the mind that like i just don't want i don't want an actress to be like oh, well i had to show my tits for this movie right just so some guy could jerk off to it you know because that's what you're saying yeah basically and, yeah and and i just didn't i i don't feel comfortable with that so it was like all right well a couple of girls kind of making out fine whatever well and it's funny because they are younger looking like these are younger than what we would see in older slasher films these do look like teenagers right right like they do look I mean, like they're, they're 17 yes. 16 year olds i mean they're all obviously of age but yep. you know um yeah you're right and and that and also just like these are kids starting out at the beginning of their career and you know one uh, we live in the age of the internet once one of these girls gets topless their tits are online forever and ever and ever and yep and then they're also then they're also known as the girl who will show her tits so then like in other movies she'll be expected to yeah and and even right and even if it's completely consensual and all that stuff it's like but what's the point you're just being you're you're being a little salacious to be salacious and i that's just i mean yes you're doing a slasher movie but we are also doing a slasher movie on the heels of men women and chainsaws and like we know better and so why not be better yeah because like even on our show we always talk about like how there's just pointless nudity in scenes for just no reason just to show skin and like get it's like it's got to be part of the story for it to actually work is how i look at it right right and you know and you can kind of have this moment where you know our asshole character sees him changing and that's kind of a a jerk move and so you can play into that a little bit right right um big big ups by the way to uh one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie coming up is when we go to Marilyn and toby 
Uh, Toby, of course, played by Jesse Camacho, who uh, is a delightful human being. I, I talk to that guy. I wouldn't say regularly, but fairly regularly, you know, uh, um, quarterly, probably. Nice. And, and just a sweetheart of a dude. And well, I think he's one of the stronger actors in this. Be quite he's, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I, I th- and I, I think she's great, too. So. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes because I really like both of them. I like the relationship of him, you know, having this secret love for her and her just not recognizing it and that being painful for him, you know? Um, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, I'm a fat kid too. I've been there. Like this character is totally me, um, <laughs> except not dead. Um, but uh, uh the the thing I also like about this is this story that he tells about being high in home ec class is a hundred percent a story that my friend Ben Kennedy told me once. Nice, so nice. It, it is now memorialized in film. That's amazing. I agree. Their interactions here is so authentic. How they're talking and telling a story, you actually feel like you're eavesdropping on two friends. Like, it's actually yeah. really, really well done. It's well written from you, Bo, and extremely well delivered by these two. It's uh, great. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you. And yes, I, I agree that they're, I think they are, they are terrific in the movie. She's got um, a moment later. She was on like the 100 after this. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, she has a line later on, kind of the moment right before she dies, that is real nihilistic, and I really love it. She has a great delivery um i think she's terrific jesse like i said i just i adore him i think he's he's great in the movie and he's a great guy and um do you talk to any of the others so we have a bunch of other actors and actresses here have you ever spoken to any of them no no because again i never went to the set and you know i was kind of in on on some of the some of the selection process but that's kind of where it ended um jesse was just a dude who he's a big horror fan he reached out to me because he was like i think this is really cool and um you know we we are forever talking about the sequel to lost after dark um but uh yeah so he's really the only actor that i i talked to i talked to ian you know all the time still now this dog was this because you wanted like muffy or muffin to have a chance to come back again Mm-mm. no 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 that's a good no. question though <laughs> no this is i don't i don't like small dogs oh no this is a hundred percent me doing a thing in a movie i could never ever do in real life which is to kill this little yippy small dog and in the oh. most horrible possible way i could think of so everyone do not leave your small dogs around Bo. <laughs> this is what we have learned today and this hey. commentary if they're well behaved, it's fine. The, look, this dog would be fine if it could shut its fucking mouth. That's the lesson here. <laughs> if this dog had been quiet, would still be alive today. Moral messages right here. You heard it. You heard it on this commentary. Yeah. Now, I love the, yet again, I really just love this character development between these two. I don't mind the others, including the final girl, but why wasn't, and I don't know the young lady in the leather jacket's name, I apologize, but why wasn't she your final girl? She seems to have final girl potential. She Well, she does, but it, the the idea all along was who is the, the least likely person. Okay. And um, let me, because you're right, we need to be putting a name, and I, can't rem- I cannot remember 
I remember the character's name, which is terrible and does an incredible disservice. Um, I'll look it up as well, too. Is it Marilyn? Eva? Eva yeah, Harlow? Eve, Eve Harlow is her name. Harlow. Eve Harlow. Uh, Eve is, yeah, she was, but like from the first time we saw her audition video, it was like, fucking yes. Whatever, whatever role we can stick her in, you get her in this movie nice Um, she was just yeah she was so good that i was like she was perfect for Marilyn. but you're right she she could have been a final girl yeah Um, like she has these strong women characteristics that you look for in a final girl or even Marilyn could have been a final girl yeah that's what i was more or less thinking because i do like and i think that would have been you know don't get me wrong i really like her movie bo sure trying to indicate that you chose the wrong character i just think she's a very strong character so far and very affable well at the same time being a badass well and all right so let me let me say this also about kind of the ultimate story of lost after dark um in the original in the original script uh there was nothing really superhuman about the killer at all. And in fact is killed at the end of the the film. Mm. And the idea that thematically uh, was that, you know, that death is random, right? Like it, it, yes, this person should absolutely, it's sort of in descending order, right? Like Jamie should absolutely be the final girl because she's the young girl who's falling in love and all that stuff. And then when she dies, which will happen here in a minute, um, then it's like, well, Marilyn is the the tough girl and she'll make it. And then you kill her. And it's like, well, all bets are off. Anybody can go is the idea behind it. Uh, now, was the execution in, entirely successful? Maybe not. I, I think with the change in the end of the movie where the killer just kind of goes on, um, you know, I, I think maybe it, it makes the point a little less successfully, but uh, those things what- happen. What it reminds me of, though, is kind of like uh, the TV series or the books Game of Thrones. Like, you just don't know who's going to survive. I like that. I, like, in any horror film, when they pull that off, I like that where it's like, oh, I think I know who's going to be the win- the survivor. Oh, no. Okay. Next person. Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, right. And, and the I, that was sort of the idea behind it. You know, even even from the original script was... You, you create a slasher movie where you cannot predict the order of people's death you know because that's one of my big one like so much of this script was like here's what i don't like about slasher movies now let me make the one i would like to watch right and so yes not being able to predict who dies next was important for me and maybe and and you're right i could have overextended that by uh by a measure for sure I, I really love this bus scene. And at first, when I, I'll be honest with you, but when I first saw it, I was like, man, this seems like a really long time for them to be out in this bus for. And then as it kind of goes on, I get the, the atmosphere that was created here. Um, you know, they've had some drinks, they've been listening to some music, and they start to hear things outside the bus. And you're also allowing the relationships to grow between all these characters. And also your introduction of the small dog. Um, which allows you to live out your fantasies um, about getting rid of small dogs very shortly. <laughs> that's right. Um, I just, I think that's really interesting. And I think it's, it makes sense that they bought the bus because you use it quite a bit. 
like it is a big you know, yeah. it, it's used as a big scenery section. It almost feels, uh, it takes me back to Jeepers Creepers 2, to be honest with it you. It does. Um, even though it's nothing like Jeepers Creepers 2, it's just maybe because there's a bus, I automatically go there. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't think that's wrong. Um, I, You know, Jeepers Creepers 2 was not a, a film when I originally wrote it. But um, yeah, it, it's it also there was supposed to be fog here. Mm. and that and that is a thing oh. that that uh it turned out to be uh financially prohibitive okay yeah, i can so, imagine that would have been challenging to do right oh. for this big a space and that kind of thing and or you rent uh uh kind of a, a a studio space like an interior a giant interior warehouse kind of space and do it there but that's a whole other set of problems so anyway I think the if we'd had the fog, I think the the scene plays much better. But um, yeah, it's sort of the idea that you're kind of transitioning from at this point of the movie. As soon as we hit the road together, and there's really one dramatic moment where they all look up at the house. That's like, okay, we are shifting from let's get to know everybody to well, let's start murdering them all now. Yep. Yeah. So you can definitely tell there's that switch when it when it happens. Yeah. 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 Um, and I always like this touch of him reassembling the gun. Yeah. Yes, I always enjoy gun scenes because, first of all, I think that's an extremely complicated thing to do is reassemble this gun. Um, and I also enjoy the 80s sweaters that this dude has. And, like, let's be real here whoever did the setting for this house totally made it look like it came from 1984. Like, yeah. the sailboat, who has a fucking sailboat like that anymore? I think I People still have one in my 80s. attic. Yeah, but do you have it displayed for everyone no. to see? No. Usually that's something we have up at cottages out here. Right. And even Same that plaid like fucking couch that we got going on. <laughs> I mean, the oven looks very 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even the tea kettle in the back there was looked like it was 70s style. And little touches like that that help make a film. Oh, and even the tea towels! Oh, you're right. And the puzzles. Thousand piece puzzles because they don't fuck around. And it's 500 piece puzzle bullshit. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. And the whole dialogue that you were looking at here between the dad and the principal, was it just to kind of move the plot around that he's finding out that his daughter is gone kind of thing? Yeah, it's like, how do we get the vice principal to the you know the scene of the crime right and and actually robert patrick is the guy who came up with the line give me the coordinates or what are the coordinates i thought that was quite funny um that that happened to onset hey there you go there's yeah, your this is where it happens <laughs> yeah. i can't believe that's a good shot where they found this house because it is just so creepy and perfect yeah, like I said, this looks like uh, one of the old abandoned houses I would see out in the old uh, old mining towns in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It's there, like, that's what this reminds me of so much. There was a movie that, all credit to Ian for this one. Um, there was a movie that I think shot just before or just after us at the same location, another horror movie. And totally fucking blew using the location. Like, they just didn't shoot it right. It looked terrible. Really? Uh, yeah. And I couldn't tell you what the movie was now. I I, I don't I don't remember at all. But anyway. Um, yeah. No, our DP was so much 
better at using this space and and yeah like it, it looks great like this was a <laughs> i get like the exterior is different from the interior but the because you couldn't shoot inside that house because it was falling down and it was dangerous but it looked amazing yeah yeah and i was saying like that kind of that outside shot too kind of reminded me of like the uh shot during the day in uh, texas chainsaw master when they're coming across the house for the first time oh a million percent that's where th that that comes from yeah we're like there is no I, I would not say there is anything terrifically original about this movie but we at least wear our inspiration on our sleeve right and i love that <laughs> where it's not just like in your face but it's like if you're a horror fan you'll just knows oh i bet i know where they got that inspiration from right right like if, if you're watching this hopefully you saw tcm and you knew you knew that shot um uh even though there's not you know an ass shot involved yeah, right that's because you're a little more classy yeah a little classy <laughs> with our i get uh, the actors had a name for the fake uh, the fake squirrel i wish i could remember what it was it was like buck or something it was really funny when i heard that detail that they had named that pro that particular gag i was pleased yeah these you can tell that these guys got along really well on the set there actually seems like some general chemistry and enjoyment to be around being around each other um and i really love i can't get over how creepy this house is uh i think it's actually a really good touch and i'm impressed that they went and scoped this out and and filmed it here it kind of also reminds me of another movie I saw recently, which this is better than that movie, but it was a Truth and Dare movie. It wasn't the Blumhouse uh, Truth or Dare movie. It was another one that came out prior to the Blumhouse one. And it was all based in an old creepy house like this. Some of these houses, man, they just they just nail it. There's something about being in a house that is decrepit um, and fucking around with flashlights, what Toby's doing right now with the flashlight and teasing your friends which comes across really creepy which is something that scott crawford would like to do i was waiting um, for you to bring me into this one way or another <laughs> when he, he goes to the up and he tries to find if he can reenact this movie with his friends <laughs> <laughs> only in real life hey man, i mean you gotta live adventurously heather that's why i go to these abandoned houses you never know what you'll find will it just be an <laughs> I, empty decrepit house or will be will there be hillbillies or chainsaw wielding maniacs you never know it's true it's true Oh, they hold hands. Um, I think that's really cute. The, the, here, here's something I I was just kind of quietly appreciating about this that I have zero to do with, but the lighting inside this house, like getting it lit without it mm. being too glaring, and yes. still have the flash the flashlights work and everything, really difficult for. I mean, to be yeah. able to see this and not overblow it, and also that kind of blue color grading, I think works. Um, yeah, I, I'm like, this looks pretty good. All yeah, I, I have to admit, because uh, I did dabble a little bit with lighting when I used to go to, uh, when I had a film class, and I was the one that was always tasked to do the lighting because I was better at just kind of getting everything to look right. And yeah, doing it like this, that that's this is incredible because yeah, like trying to film something in the dark is impossible. So you have to have some lighting in that. You just gotta find that right amount. Yeah, yeah. No, and and I mean, there are definitely some scenes where you'll, if you're looking for it, you'll clearly see like, oh, they're outside, and somebody just backlit a tree and blasted the light to get the the you know the scene lit. Yeah. But stuff like this, this like you know, obviously somebody's throwing light from that upper right, but it's real subtle and 
Right. It looks good. Anyway, sorry. I, I'm appreciating a technical aspect of, of this movie that I, again, nothing to do with. I just happen to like it. Well, yeah, it's a good okay. thing to point out, though. Like, this is your show, too, here, Bo. Like, really, we wouldn't be doing this if you hadn't written this. Um, and I think one of the biggest reasons why Scott and I wanted to do this is because we admire you so much that we thought it was important to recognize this. Because I think you're way bit. too humble about your involvement in this film. Like, I had to dig into talking to you before it came out. I would be leading with this shit all the time when I talk to people. I'd be like, hi, my name's Heather. Did you know I wrote a movie? Yeah, I sure fucking did. You can rent it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I should lead with that. Yeah, I you know I suppose that's true. I am humble to a fault at times. Yeah, you cause are. I was like, it it took a while before I knew that you wrote this because like no one like I uh, got podcast by the cemetery and the network and you and I were talking like I think it took a few days of just conversation before like you had said oh you guys should review this movie at some point. Well, and you see, Scott has no problem bringing up his old podcast that we don't speak of anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no reason why you should have a problem. <laughs> uh, so here, here's a fun thing. Uh, so when uh, they found this this set, not set, but this this building, this location, there was this uh, whole separate building that, uh, you know, here's some shit we wrote day, <laughs> the day of uh, the production where he was like, man, we've got this building and we're just going to have this scene where they go through it because it's really creepy. And uh, it was like, all right, so just give, I, I need uh, some dialogue for Marilyn and Toby walking through this place. You know, it needs to be about, I don't know, uh, 40 seconds. And so that kind of shit happens on this movie too. And to be able to come up with something on the fly like that too, that just, that's talent. Because I, I, I like, I need lots of time to kind of, process how to do something like that well I, all i did was steal a conversation that ian and i had because there was one point in the in the script where i'd had i described one of the rooms as an abattoir and he was like i don't know what that is nobody's gonna know what that is and so uh, i changed it in that scene only to add that whole conversation back in a later scene <laughs> nice so that, so that it was kind of not a diggity or anything it was just like hey it would be funny if like hey here's a private conversation we had that's kind of an in joke in the movie now is this conversation between toby and Marilyn is a conversation with that ian and i had about whether or not people knew what an abattoir was <laughs> that is great actually i like that yeah eh, it's fun shit you know would you oh. ever consider making a sequel to this film yeah, there's one um, mostly written that is way crazier. Nice. Um, is it going to be filmed in Canada? Well, uh, I mean, will it ever be filmed? Probably not. Um, but if it was filmed in Canada, would you cast would, me in the film? Absolutely. I, there, there you go, Scott. You hear that? <laughs> rub it in, Heather. Rub it in. We, yeah, we need about, I don't know, $2 million to make it. So uh, let's start the GoFundMe. Is that now. Canadian or American? That's probably Canadian. <laughs> oh, that's well, that's Canadian. not that bad. That's like 50 bucks American. Yeah. Uh, these days. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, though, there's, uh, yeah, there is a script that is is mostly done that continues this story. Absolutely. I do enjoy yet again the character like these two are really the strongest characters I really dig their interactions um 
and I don't know the 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 ditzy blonde is or whatever she's supposed to be it's it's good in her like her kind of jerky boyfriend but I find that there are only a handful of characters that I'm really concerned about something happening to them Right. Well, yeah, but the like, jerky boyfriend and the and the kind of airhead girl, like those are the characters you're supposed to be like, you know what? Exactly. When when they go, I hope it's terrible. <laughs> and, and it kind of is. They get the worst of it, I think. Yeah, because you kind of root for these two. And then the, Toby and what was her name? Uh, Miranda? Marilyn. Named Marilyn. after Marilyn Chambers, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, like those, like these are the two that I kind of root for the most. But I'm also right. a sucker for like, relationships and horror as like i've talked about many many times the the leaning up on the tiptoes i think is a nice touch it's uh it's yeah. cute yeah it's very endearing um and did you write that in there or was that just her improvising no 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 that was written in there but it the shot was ian's so it like he really hammered that and um it was nice yeah i think i thought, thought it worked i do oh here's the... another shot i like i like the the shot up yeah or the uh, uh like shot from down the bottom of the stairs shooting yeah upwards. and then i you get a reverse uh in a second that i think is quite good um anyway i you know like i watch enough cheap horror movies that scene one like i there are plenty of places in this movie that i'll tell you like yeah that didn't quite come off the way that we had hoped or whatever but i think this looks <laughs> much better than most cheap horror I agree. movies you oh, see. absolutely i agree i wouldn't clarify i would never put this in a cheap horror movie category um i've seen some real cheap horror movies in the last two years <laughs> i don't know but maybe we've watched one or two together <laughs> um maybe <laughs> But, you know, I think this is done, obviously it's low budget, but it's low budget done well. And Scott and I have talked about that a lot, is using your budget where it counts. Um, and I think this film did that. And I guess that would be in credit to Ian. Yeah, yeah. A large part of that. And, you know, there's line producers and so forth involved as well. Um, who, you know, I mean, there are a million office jobs, not a million, but there are, you know, a handful of office jobs that are just people getting all that shit to, to organize and, and come together. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I mean, Ian did a great job. So I will, I will champion him uh, to the end of my days for for turning a script that was again it was fairly old at that point and i never expected to see it and uh and being able to see like a scene like this that i really like of them just kind of in the bar and chit-chatting you know that's it's a real writer scene and i and i like it i um i do like i think it's funny that you said that this character here Bo, represented you because the delivery of his lines here of trying to flirt with him is really her is really sweet and there's no way she can't know what's going on like there is no way in a billion years she hasn't picked up on his vibes and i just um, think in my okay. personal experience it, yeah oh, let me tell you from my personal experience being a female you just pretend like you don't know okay <laughs> that, she that's knows fair. okay that's sometimes fair. you try to save people's feelings by pretending like you don't but but are you saving their feelings you know? oh no you're not i right but i don't roll that way <laughs> no 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 I, i'm not a, i'm yes. not accusing you of anything but i'm saying and, and, and again we're talking about high school this is a very high school kind of 
romance you know it is the 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 love that he's yearning for that he can't have and you know like it is very dramatic uh as most young love is absolutely Um, and i think you capture that well and i really like that about this is that i i i think she knows and she's trying to play down and you know a little bit of a manipulation thing which happens in high school it does women do mature quicker and you know as much as she's nice to him i do really value this relationship between the two of them i actually think it's the strongest relationship out of all these now rewatching it even the couple that kiss for the first time are oh yeah these two that are (laughs) making out randomly i do love how much these two make out throughout this movie i am enjoying that quite a bit yeah you have to have that horny couple Mm -hmm. well and and i like the fact that there's also there's a, a moment where she pushes back on him where she's like why are you so mean to me yes and, we saw that line earlier it was pretty good and uh and i i like that i i, I like her just being like look you know we're, we're both playing a role here you know like he's he's the bad boy and whatnot um but yeah i I, you know that that was the whole thing is like can you throw a line or two here and there in this movie that gives a little depth to these characters um and i say that just as there's a blowjob joke where he freaks (laughs) out and she makes a joke about using teeth (laughs) i do love that line (laughs) it's yeah uh, you know <laughs> we contain multitudes as people, as does this movie. It is <laughs> character moments, slasher movie, and blowjob jokes. And I've, I just loved that shot too, where the camera pans in on that crack through the wall, and you see the killer's eyes just kind of looking through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, again, that's a great Ian shot. He was, he was like, we need to see him more. I was like, oh, no, oh, hide him. And he was like, shut up, Bo. I, I, I'm a director. <laughs> so shut up, Bo. I'm a director. <laughs> that's funny i do enjoy the build-up happening i i the whole like teenage thing of them all getting back together and being shocked of what they're finding that is pretty that's a pretty creepy shit to find yeah that'd be like scott's fantasy but for most people they would be concerned he'd be grabbing the skull and taking it home with him no i don't, I don't think i would actually touch anything in there i think i'd be taking lots of pictures being like check out this i survived somehow but look what i found yeah Man. you probably went and then posting it to facebook hashtag live skull hashtag scared hashtag yep. <laughs> hashtag heather was right should not have done this <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of my my biggest regrets uh surrounding this movie is that i did not get any of the prosthetics used Oh, that's from that altar. I I asked, but Ian was like, "Look, man, the the people on set are looting that shit. There is no way." Um, Yeah, Yeah, that would have been cool to have a little piece of that. I wanted the squirrel, and that was never going to (laughs) happen. Show you where the writer is on the. Ooh, I like the little small shoes as a touch. That's good. That's extra creepy. Little kid stuff in fucking abandoned houses is always creepier. Yes. I, I also like Eve's delivery there of is that made of people? Uh, <laughs> she is good stuff. <laughs> Ooh, was cannibals your thing that you wanted to add into this, Bo? Was the cannibalist thing a really important thing for you? 
the uh, no but it was fun you know yeah. I mean, the idea of being eaten by somebody is kind of gnarly that's a bad way to go well it depends on what kind of eating you're doing just anyway about to say that <laughs> <laughs> sorry bo wrong commentary I, um, I get it i get it we got to bleed in a little bit of our regular type of podcast into this <laughs> that's right <laughs> Friday Nightmares podcast, everyone. We're very professional. Please check us out on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, <laughs> after you're done listening to a good show like Pick Six. <laughs> no, no, no. Just different. Just different is all. That, yeah, uh, just, yeah, we'll say that. Just different. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I do like the music in this, too. The music's picked up. They're getting creeped out. They're they're piecing out. She's bringing her oversized purse with her puppy, which is crazy. Why the dog can't walk on its own accord? And she's well, because do you know how difficult it is to get a dog to do what you want on set? This is true. Good that, point. That's a good I, good point, actually. It is yep. way easier to be like, "Hey, that purse is moving around because the dog's inside, y'all," and and then you know, fuck off. And it's uh, just funny because that dog's pretty huge to be putting. Uh, well, for a small dog, it's pretty big. You shut your mouth, Scott. It's in the purse. You know what, Scott? You don't need to like criticize Bo's art, okay? <laughs> no, that was like it, it was a problem. Like, uh, how do you how do you keep the dog in the movie without keeping the dog in the movie? Yeah, because um, at one point it was like it was like we tried a, a a puppet dog at one point. It looked like shit, and we were like, well, it's just better not to show it than to show the the puppet. So. Yeah, just to give the idea that it's in there is all you right. Need. Just you know what. Wow, he's an asshole. He showed her a middle finger. What a dick. You really are painting up um, this woman to be the final girl, for sure. I forgot her name now. And I had Jamie, it up. yeah. Jamie, thank you. Um, and it's, of course, you use Jamie. Yeah, Jamie um, Lee Curtis is the, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally does kind of <laughs> layer it for her to be that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of, I, I do like how they hear what's happening and they kind of get creeped out as it goes like i do enjoy this steady build of creepiness that you're happening like you're laying down the layers um and same with the directing it to build up to what's going to happen and and the whole idea was you you just escalate and escalate and escalate until by the you know the last 20 30 minutes of this movie it is just you know it's just constant like running and murder and and that kind of thing uh which, which it, it pretty much is like for better or worse like this is the like this is kind of the pacing we wanted which was start off slow build and build and then once you start killing people just keep killing them until the movie's over yeah but i'll say and i like and it, like the way you pace it out it's perfectly especially with the dialogue and everything it keeps you interested all the way up until this point because i've seen some slashers where it's like i lose interest before any of the cool stuff actually starts happening because it's just not the dialogue is not intriguing enough. Now, what a kill this is. I love this yeah. kill on Jamie. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I like that, too. And the first time I saw this film, I was shocked. <laughs> it's pretty I gnarly. did not see that coming, Bo, and I was like, oh, oh. I'm a well, big fan of her getting dragged off into the dark, too. I, I think that works all right. And you feel bad for poor Toby. He's, yeah, he's, he's tied up by barbed wire on his face how fucked is that it's kind of fucked up uh like you'd have to be a real fucked up person to write that i him crying (laughs) as he watches is real fucked up yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs) 
it probably fucked up enough to run a network or something about yeah. podcasts, right? It, it, there, all right, so there's a bit of dialogue here. I like that shot a lot. That works for me. Um, it, all right, it's it's Heather. I do enjoy this panic conversation here. It makes a lot of sense how everyone's reacting. Yeah, it's Heather saying, I don't want to be eaten by a cannonball. (laughs) (laughs) And And there it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that joke a lot. It makes me laugh every damn time. Um, Because I, 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 again, you know, I I think this is... uh, a bit of an actress thing because like laney mccauley is her name laney i think delivers that line really well um she really did right it's just you can't you can't acknowledge that what you're saying is wrong and and she gets it right um but uh yeah so you know there you have it we murder our final girl and then you know kind of all bets are off and then and then you start picking them off uh is kind of the thing um and you know you get a little nibble yeah. <laughs> i'll say you at least gotta t- have a little taste before you go on killing again well you got to keep protein up right and that's yeah. really what it comes down to right right he's he's got a lot to do uh there's a lot of kids and you got to kill them all yeah like um, you don't want to get too tired sure sure you know and and so uh as these movies kind of go you know you kind of bring everybody together and then you start splitting them up um but you know you also kind of want to at least pay lip service to the idea of like well if you're going to be in that scenario what would you do to try to stay alive like you know what's your strategy for survival right yeah i'd probably be one of the first characters to die my strategy would not be in the situation You'll I, hey, you'll appreciate this, Heather. Uh, there's a a major Fulci reference coming up. Oh, oh I nice. love Fulci. Yeah, he's he's the man. I'm huge, actually. I have posters all over my house. I just keep them hidden from people, <laughs> <laughs> right. and, so they oh, don't know how much of a fan I am. <laughs> and obviously, here is the emotional beat for Johnny to try to give him a little depth, where he's like, "Yeah, he's a tough guy," but as soon as he someone sees someone killed, he's like, "Fuck, that was." That shit got real, you know. He's like, yeah. I wasn't prepared for this. I just want to do sports and do more sports. Right. I <laughs> just want my bang. sports jacket. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to like bang my, and talk down to my woman. Yeah, I mean, it's just my dad's are rich. I'm an asshole because of it. I, I, you know, he's an entitled little prick, but you know, but he's still human. That's what right. that shows. Well, yeah, and he, and you know, like that kind of bravado usually is hiding a, a lot of a lot of fear. Yeah. It's very deep, though. <laughs> like, I feel like well, we just go real deep on that one. I was saying we don't go deep on the podcast uh, on the Friday Nightmares podcast. No, we stay in like waiting pools. That's what we do. <laughs> we don't we don't like going below our knee. Okay, like so we keep it shallow. Here, here's a few low budget horror movie tropes that I'm happy we avoid. One, I think it it looks good uh, yes. for the most part. Two. Uh, I think that we don't we kill the kids in a number of different ways 
you yeah, know it's not it's, the same old same old right i like that move too i don't i don't like a movie where it's just like you know stabby stabby over and over again um i like the fact that you know our our villain junior is you know he uses some shit laying around and yes yes and the end the one thing i really love and appreciate too on-screen kills first yes. yeah, yeah yeah we we did like there's some uh, some not so great cgi here and there but for the most part this was all you know in camera stuff um as much as we could you know so uh and i think i think most of it comes off well like i think um for the most part all the kills look pretty good that uh, yeah. that that first Jamie one, I think, is great. I think when oh, I think Jamie's kill is epic, and I think where things were possibly not like you, you shot stuff in the back, and like where you're turning this, I guess, what would be a gardening tool, yeah, um, into right. this kid's back, you're showing it from angles that allows it to be scary, but also not break the bank in the budget and look very practical. Like I'm pretty sure that was a complete practical, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. a, a totally, I mean, right, you're cheating a lot of the angles where you're showing the twist and stuff, you cut the end of it off, and, you know, that kind of thing, and, you know, again, I think all that works pretty well. Yeah, I say it looks really good. Um, yeah, like, the only time I think we get in trouble in this movie is when we, we lean on the CGI at times, which there are times we had to, and... Um, Oh, everybody left me. I'm all alone. Yeah. I was just oh, going to say, like, where did, where did Heather go? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was like, and then finally, the truth can be told now that I'm alone. <laughs> now I can explain everything. <laughs> right. Now, now everything will, will come clear. Um, yeah. It, I, I think, uh, yeah, this is the point, like, all right, we got to split everybody up. So we got to chase them out of the house and, you know get get them all into their separate locale so that we can fuck them up yeah because like so far they, they were doing the smart thing of all sticking together but yeah this is how you can kind of get them separated and kind of uh herd them in the direction that the killer needs them to be herded yeah yeah, yeah. uh little spoiler for lost after dark 2 uh the movie that uh may or may not ever exist except in you know <laughs> written form uh yeah you gotta have the kill me moment in a movie um the uh toby actually does survive there's a oh really yeah there he he, he deals i like the the premise of it is that jamie who does not do well after the events of this movie and ends up being institutionalized uh for for a time um that she ends up kind of tracking junior after he escapes and so it's her going after him after she like once she figures out where he is she busts out of the the loony bin goes to toby who has survived also oh, and i love the whole real missing like it's an old grindhouse movie yeah that was that was an ian thing that was one of those like uh, you know what if i'm gonna make a movie i'm gonna use the real joke i've always wanted to do it so yeah, i love that yeah 
and it kind of cheats the fact that like we hide our final girl and now did did you get flack for that from people who had seen it not really i think most people kind of went with it um I, i don't know that a lot of people were like you know how dare they not give us information i mean i think in a world after the movie the village that any slight cheat is okay if you're not as stupid as that (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting i like the village we'll have to have a conversation about that at another time the end of that movie if 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 it hadn't happened so close to the end of the movie i would have walked out but wow. I was like, we're, we'll we're have so, have, yeah, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll have to have a debate. Time. We should have a Heather and Bo debate thing because, yeah. like, Bo and I actually disagree on most things. Yeah. Except for the fact that we're both equally awesome. Right, right. Mutual right. M- mutual fans who agree on nothing. <laughs> True, actually. We'll do and, a new We'll do a new show. We'll get t shirts yeah. and everything. It will be great. I'll be the um, moderator between the debate. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um this uh what you're about to see is the fulci nod oh nice okay which uh is a direct reference uh to zombie so we're in the house it it does look foggy outside Um, yeah i mean if we got lucky on the night shit that even started with me just now the hand through the window that got me yeah yeah yeah. it's a good this is definitely definitely the fulci one right here yep 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 Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. So this is also a practical effect, which I like a whole, whole lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. What nice. a great effect. Excellent work. So just for people who, who can't see this, the window is broken. There is some glass and a young man's eye is pushed it and, and you see it. You see the eye being penetrated and it's quite good. So if you haven't watched this movie, please do because that scene alone is worth it. So yeah, that, that is definitely I would have I thought if you didn't mention that I would have definitely like hey that's definitely inspired by zombie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it absolutely is. It is. Uh, um, yeah. That anyway. So that that was all practical. That was a, a cow eye is what. Oh, was okay. There. And um, the and there's a little bit of digital sweetening to that effect, which is where the CGI actually works for us. Yeah, but um, I was gonna say, even when like there's like even if the CGI is iffy in these some of these films back in the day, it's like it's just part of the product of the time is how I look at it. Like because CG CGI took some time before like started really getting good, but I like it when it's practical where the CGI enhances the practical. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and the, and that I think worked uh, real well there. Um, there there was a fight around that gag. Because I was constantly like, he needs to struggle more. Like, we need more. And and because the zombie one seems like it goes on forever. Yes. And so mm-hmm. Ian and I had this whole debate um, where it was like, you know, no, 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 you can't linger on it that long. It's it like, it, 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 at some point, it goes from scary and awful to boring. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, but like he needs to really be struggling and pulling back, and it needs to be terrible. And so uh, that was the compromise scene between the two of us, like him wanting it shorter and me wanting it longer. But I think it works real well. I think, it does. I, I think that's a good gag. Yeah, because one in zombie, it does kind of just get to the point where it's like, all right, come on, 
yeah i know it's gonna happen at this point yeah it's what this is one of those times where i'm like you know i don't i, I it, it always pains me to say when someone's else is right but yeah, he, <laughs> he absolutely was you'll uh, you'll be saying it a lot on our debate show i was just you about might to say well I get have, used to it now bo i got you i got you. <laughs> I, I have a i have a feeling you'll be trying to pull that out of bo and that's not going to happen <laughs> yeah i know right i'm such a fucking asshole anyway back to the movie <laughs> yeah so th there's a one two death coming up that th is maybe in terms of the the murders this is my because again these are kind of our asshole characters yep. how do you do this in a way that's pretty terrible yep. yeah and i love that they're very coupley these two honestly they're going everywhere as a couple yeah and i kind of dig that they're assholes but they're assholes together yeah like right. he, he could have been the asshole that just like ditched her like when the killer shows up and and I think that says something about Johnny is that he is not he's not that guy like he's a he's an asshole but he's not terrible yeah you know like he he's not the worst person in the world and and yeah like when things get real here in a minute he's like look you know, and it, you know I kind of get his plan of like we're gonna hide here we're stay fucking quiet we're just gonna wait this out till the sun comes up and then we're gonna we're gonna bail um and and he does it with her like he never abandons her in this movie no no he or the does dog not. or the dog <laughs> well the dog scene oh boy that's coming but, up here yeah 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 but like again this is this is just puerile anger about <laughs> little dogs that can't shut their fucking yaps but you know it says something for you to work with a dog because dogs are tough to work with that what do they say dogs and children and to write about a dog being in there and then to include it it, it must have been challenging because there is a lot of guidelines you have to use when working with animals yeah yeah no i, I mean again not for me i just put it on the paper <laughs> and, and then like, i'm like it's your fucking it job out. to figure it out yeah <laughs> and, and that's why you don't see the dog all the time in this movie because the dog's a real pain in the ass like dogs don't do what you want um and and trained dogs are super expensive exactly um so you know these are just plain jane i can't remember exa exactly where the dogs came from i feel like they were they, they were dogs like from people in town or something so probably somebody's pet yeah right so these were not like these aren't these ain't your hollywood dogs <laughs> right <laughs> these ain't hollywood these, dogs I these, like are your, these are your canadian dogs these yeah these are <laughs> these are neighborhood dogs um yeah Like oh, these Canadian dogs them. only drink the finest bagged milk. Uh, Robert okay. Patrick, not not trucking with any tomfoolery from these kids. <laughs> it's like none of these shenanigans are going to go down. I do love this scene in the car. I do think this was really clever on your part, um, Bo. I I really like it a lot, actually. Like yeah, I they're just, actually being smart where they're hiding for one. Well, like, and it just kind of really builds the tension and it builds them and and you feel bad for them and and like it does finally begin to build some kind of empathy yeah right again the whole idea of like even the terrible characters try to give them a little bit of depth so that they're not just two-dimensional awful people um although this character uh appears the heather character uh, almost identically in a movie called shark night 3d oh yes and with a dog and everything and i was like when that movie when i saw that movie i was like god damn it they they did i, I think i saw it like right before this came out and i was like oh they 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 got our heather character i guess it's but i feel like we gave her more to do 
yeah. that that same kind of character like murdering her own dog also oh god yeah this this was like, like i don't know if i could actually do this <laughs> like if uh, i was in her situation and it's also just being a little bit sadistic as a writer <laughs> yes <laughs> and i fully acknowledge that there's a little bit of just juvenile sadism in this scene <laughs> where i was just like how fucked up would it be to have to kill your own pet and then for it not to matter yeah you know i personally and i will tell you both i found this scene very challenging that's why i'm actually looking away yeah it actually really upsets me i have a hard time with this scene um and that's fine i think it's great that you put it in there because that that to pull that emotion from me is important right it's, i mean it's a cheap trick right like it's it doesn't but i feel like i i at least had an axe to grind and it makes it a little bit better <laughs> um we may need to dive deeper into this one day on why you hate these tiny little dogs so much <laughs> my stepmother's dog dixie i like that <laughs> you're like and get one and call it dixie <laughs> yeah I, li I like a pitchfork through the guts <laughs> yes oh man what a great fucking scene this is yeah wow and she's i like the fact that she's alive when she looks at him it, it, it takes her a second to get to go yeah and i like that she's like just kind of shaking and just the way she's acting through that scene is like yeah. really believable. Yeah, and then uh, escape under the car, and then a simple little kick of the foot and squish. And squishy, squishy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not shying away from the blood and gore in this movie, and I love it. Yeah, well, right. I mean, you know, if you're going to do it, fucking do it. Right. Um, is there anything when you watch these kills that you had wish you written differently? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, the one coming up where where we toss Robert Patrick's head, that only because that effect just doesn't really come off. Um, that I'm, you know, in retrospect, I wish we'd done something different there. Most of the kills I'm real pleased with. Like that's one of those things where I can't complain. Like it what i wrote is what shows up on the screen and if and if there's a problem with it that's my fault but i i like most of those kills um i'm trying to think if there's one i i don't really like maybe speaking of marilyn maybe hers uh, there in a different world that would have been a little pulpier mm. um but she still goes bad you know <laughs> like even that yeah. is not is not great and it's a pretty good shot so yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm 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 pretty pleased with the kills in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would change there. Like, definitely in the sequel script, like the shit gets crazier because you gotta. But I don't know for this movie that I would go more over the top than what we have. I feel like they're pretty visceral and they're pretty effective. Yeah, especially for kind of like at this point a one-off style movie. It's like. I didn't expect this when I watched it the first time and seen all these kills. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Heather will be familiar with this one, but you know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? Like, you, yeah, don't <laughs> like, don't fuck around if you're going to. And that was the, again a discussion we had early on of like, you know, how how graphic are we going to get? And I don't think we get disgusting. No, 
but it's like well you know like we're gonna put glass in a dude's eye and we're gonna we're gonna see somebody you know on a cutting block and you know like here in a second we're gonna see somebody get their head smashed in and you know that like we're not gonna shy away from that stuff but we're not gonna we're not gonna go nuts with it right like you kind of like have the border like you're right on the border of like just right where it should be yeah but i i do like this moment from uh, from Marilyn's character again i think evarlo is a, a great actor and and she does a great job here and i think it all works yeah the delivery of this monologue here or not i guess it's not really a monologue but it's really good she yeah she's great like fuck, she's yeah. great like you i know, was you... just about to say something about this too it's really interesting to see the acting chops come through right yeah yeah i mean i i still think that she's got a, a big future ahead oh man speaking of ahead oh wah, wah, wah. awesome kill awesome so, kill here so that's how you give head got it yeah, 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 that's right. That's exactly how it goes down. Um, and she's smart to run with her big stick. I would probably run too. I appreciate that here. There's some juvenile humor I could have thrown in there, but I'm not going to. But sure, sure. And I did, now, did you describe that the principal would be driving this yellow fucking sports car? No, that that's an Ian thing. I mean, okay. he, like, the character was always real uptight and so forth. And in the spirit of like, well, let's give mo- every character a little bit of depth. He Ian was like, like he's uh, someone from the militia, the mil- the Michigan militia. Well, yeah, the, talk. right. The idea is that he's a real right wing kind of wound tight kind of dude, but that his deal. I think originally the gag was that he listened to, uh, like right of the Valkyries real loud and shit and Mm. and it was ian who was like let's have him drive kind of a like a loud sports car and listen to disco and shit and i was like all right that's funny so (laughs) i love it and he's around that age where he would be trying to recapture his youth anyway so it kind of fits it does fit it does absolutely I love this standoff here. This is so well filmed. The acting is so high quality in this in this whole area. Like it's really good. Her reaction is so legit. Yeah, it is right. fucking it, awesome. See, that's the thing about Elise uh, uh, Gaten. I think is how you pronounce her her last yeah. name. Um, the, I, we always called her Elise, so I forgive me. But um, the thing about her is that, like, especially in the end, like, she goes unnoticed. But I do think she's real good in this whole last sequence where she has to be the, the final girl, where she has to be scared and strong and all that stuff. Uh, I, I think that that comes off. Um, I do love how you throw in threw in the nom. I was in the nom. That was very, <laughs> oh, right. very classic, though. That's the whole idea is that he is just a, a guy who came home from Vietnam, but the war never left him. And he is he like he run. He tries to run the school like it's the army deal and whatnot. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because and I don't I don't mean this as anything towards your age, but I, I guess I kind of do in a sense. It is an age reference because I don't know if me writing that being, you know, two years younger than you go 
would really refer <laughs> to the nom like honestly I just I feel like there's something about that reference and how fucked up people were coming back from Vietnam. Oh yeah. yeah. That is a real generational thing that's tied in here and I like that in this. I uh and it I makes had... sense for the year, 1984. Like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I had an uncle that served in Vietnam. Like I'm too young to, you know, remember the war directly, but I certainly had relatives who did. And, you know, that Well, you remember the aftermath, which is really right. what was the most impactful thing right, it, right you know, yeah right yeah right what you know i don't i don't know vietnam but i know people who came from vietnam yeah. right. exactly i think that's just a really interesting reference um, i i love this gag oh yeah <laughs> i like her him punching her in the face through the window i'm so glad we got to keep that that stunt was expensive <laughs> now where did he find the guy to play junior uh he's a stuntman He's a stuntman. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, no, you you get a guy who can do all that shit, and you're like, you wear this wig, put in these teeth. You're the you're the the villain. And you grunt a lot. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. You grunt and roar, and, and and he's good. Like he's threatening and all that. So yeah, I was like, because all you gotta do is just look intimidating, and like it's tough to look intimidating unless you are like a big guy. Yeah, like look at yeah, Scott. Yeah. He's intimidating. <laughs> Scott's very intimidating. Same to Bo. You know, Bo, did you think about casting yourself in this movie as the killer? Um, no. At no point. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you don't have a passport, Bo? It's, that that, why? it's because I can't act. It, <laughs> that's not what I do. I have, you know, I have a very particular you know, set of skills. That's never stopped Rob Zombie from post-casting his friends in his film, uh, Well, so. that's true, but like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have a music career to fall back on. <laughs> My podcasting money is not as substantial as <laughs> it should be i think i i mean i don't disagree with you um, now there's a filming now i i'm i don't think this is a copy i have i think this is the actual filming once in a while you see a little bit of like a little film in the film yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i love it i it gives you that kind of like um grindhouse without like kind of looking better than grindhouse well and and you like i said in the upfront you don't want to overdo that also so that it yes. just constantly looks like shit but there are little moments here and there that's like oh like if if a scene is, is kind of quiet it's fun to throw that in just to be like oh right this is you know it gives it some some visual flair and whatnot yeah because it kind of gives it almost like a vhs quality look as well which is nice R right capturing the the quality of the film of the time and so forth and him uh, hiding in the bus with that music bow what an awesome jump scare like you think she's okay she's walking back and then all of a sudden bam oh sure i mean you gotta you, you gotta you gotta have that you know come from nowhere uh moment um oh no and dad shows up. I forgot about this part. Oh, yes. I like her, her feistiness. Well, she, yeah, I mean, she's got to save herself, right? That's yeah. And she really was the chick that you didn't really pay attention to. Right. And I think that was really clever, as you talked about earlier, of choosing her to be the final girl. Oh, man. I like her. I like her screaming, shoot him, too. I think she does a good job there. Right. Like, she's just like, she's not messing around. Right. And, and I like how everyone's actually taking her seriously when they when she's like screaming. 
Now this is very not Canadian because let me assure you, we are not allowed to run around with handguns. That's, in our yeah, car. That, right. That's why it's missing. Now in Northern yes. Ontario, they do walk around with rifles. So because of protection from animals. So yeah, because I was going to say, this is total Michigan because yeah, you either have a gun in your car or at least a hunting <laughs> rifle in your truck somewhere. All right. And so a uh, little bit of trivia, the, the guy, the old sheriff you will see here is uh rick rosenthal he is the um let me make sure i have this right i'll say i recognize that name yeah uh he is uh, 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 i want to credit him correctly yes he is the director of halloween 2 yes uh, as well as a number of other movies and and lots of television and stuff like that but yeah he uh uh, a, a fun little nod to slashers of the era is hey here's the director hey kids here's the director of halloween too yeah that's awesome it. actually now were these people i know you can't give us the price but were they expensive to get um robert patrick was the most expensive but but you also wanted like a name you know yes. in as much yes. as that you know robert patrick is kind of a character actor and you see him Absolutely. pop up in all kinds of right right it pops up in all kinds of horror movies because he's not the most expensive but he's somebody you know and he's also a good actor and he's good right he's a he's a good a good actor and a good guy from all accounts so um but like rick rosenthal is somebody that ian knew and was like hey do you want to come be in the movie and uh and did and you know all the kid actors get you know probably scale for canadian actors and uh so no no like nobody was getting like lipper uh who who plays jamie's dad um or i'm sorry adrian's dad uh you know i think it, like ian knows him he's i think he's got some money in the movie as well and nice. that kind of thing so you know like again when you're doing it low budget it's you, you you're calling in a lot of favors and people you know and stuff oh like absolutely that. and uh, but, i was saying like but yeah it's like not like uh ham-fisted where it's like oh look we got this famous actor for one small scene and anything like that like you actually got people for like specific roles yeah i mean probably to a fault it's just shit we find interesting you know like like again rick rosenthal being in the movie is is really cool for us i don't know how many people are like you know oh they got the guy from halloween too you know i don't know how how many people that impresses but it impressed the shit out of us so yeah, I'll, well and it also has like uh that's like a true nod for like real hardcore horror fans because not many people know who the who the directors look like unless you're like really well known like Wes Craven and John Carpenter and stuff yeah I mean and for better or worse I think if you're if you are a horror fan I think there's a lot of not because I'm a giant horror fan you know so when I write this there are nods to all kinds of horror movies and and that kind of thing um you know so it's again it reflects so much of of me it it uh uh it's enjoyable sometimes especially because it's been a long time since i've seen it to be like oh yeah yeah here's a lot of shit that i like right uh like i i like this whole ending i think this is yes a lot of fun um it's very again very halloween it's very here's a an abandoned car by the side of the road and freeze frame and zoom so yeah, Except, I love and that. The, and the um the filming of it, like just how it looks seems brighter, right? Like it's it also kind of reminds me of a the Friday 13th ending too, to be honest with you. Like 
it's never really over. Now let's see. We got oh look at this! Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh hold on i appear again oh boy yeah there we go executive producer (laughs) awesome so and you'll notice i and kind of we we had to do that for a couple of reasons uh but like you'll notice like i've got top billing on the writing and ian's got top billing on the executive producer so um yeah this was just a freaking blast like because i I only i never got a chance to tell you but when i first watched this I was watching it at work on my phone and I will say I had a hard time seeing a lot because my phone gets a glare from the lights in my office. So if it's yeah. any, any dark scene, no matter what horror film, I'm not seeing what's on screen. So being able to finally watch it on the big screen and doing it with you and Heather, like this was freaking awesome. Well, and it's just one of the main one of the main perks you can get from being part of the Legion, Legion Patreon network. Right, Scott? Oh, good good job heather brand yes. manager heather powell <laughs> i know <laughs> you know sometimes stuff that you have to do for an actual living pays off so yeah. scott and i are going to rank the movie um Being even rate with it? here rate it yeah rate it sorry rank look me in the eye when you do it oh i will though don't you worry and if Bo, if you want to rate your own movie you are welcome to as well all right um i do you want to go first scott we'll do out of 10 all right yeah i'll go first um yeah i find this movie a hell of a lot of fun with a lot of great throwbacks to it uh to other older slasher films the gore is great it's like we were talking it's like that perfect blend of not too much and just enough to like satiate any horror fan uh the character development between like some of the certain characters in this were also wonderful uh, but yeah, I would probably give this around an 8.5, 9 out of 10. Like, this is a really enjoyable horror film. Wow. All right. All right. So I guess you can stay on the network. Um, <laughs> I'll go next. So I really enjoy this film as well. I think what I really appreciate is with this low-budget film, Scott and I preach constantly on Friday Nightmares. Low-budget is fine if you use your money where it counts. And I'm not sure if it was an Ian call. I'm going to guess it mostly was um, when it came to where money was used, or maybe it was your call as well, Bo. But it was used well. The kills were effective. Um, they delivered well on screen. I do find some of the bus scenes a little drag out for my personal taste, but I don't think it affects the overall enjoyment of the film. I enjoy the school dance piece at the beginning. I enjoy the relationship piece that's killed and the last or the relation piece that's put in here and the last um 25 minutes of the movie are just a fucking wild ride so i would give this a solid eight out of ten with a strong recommendation um and i love that there's some great canadian young talent in this film um that was able to showcase their acting chops and now Bo, do you want to rate your own movie sure you've made it easy for me thank you by, <laughs> by the way the very kind things uh to say and and also just for the opportunity to talk about the movie because i i don't i don't watch it very much and i don't talk about it all that much so it's it's fun to do both of those things um i would give it a solid seven out of ten um you know as as the not the creator as one of the creators because making a movie is if nothing if not collaborative and you're right when it comes to like what you saw on screen um ian has uh plenty to do with all of that not just plenty most of of what you're seeing on screen 
Um, yes, I wrote it. Yes, we talked about stuff. We, you know, like I was involved in the creative process, which was really gratifying as the writer. Like I was never, a lot of writers get shut out of that and I never was. And that's in, incredibly like gracious and wonderful and it's the reason that ian and i are still friends today and so some somewhere down the line we hope to make another movie um so that all being said uh also as a creator uh, you see all the flaws more glaringly and there's stuff that just as a writer i'm like oh i would change that now and i would change that now and you know i i but for all the things i would change there are so many things that are kind of uh like a perfect personal snapshot of you know things that i like and my own sensibilities and and things like that so that it's uh it, it's kind of wonderful to watch it again after a few years and really uh really enjoy you know, like oh yeah this is the person i was when i wrote this and and i'm mostly that person but not entirely and and that's kind of fun to to experience well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Bo, for sharing your insight on this film, um, for sitting with us while we go through it. I really hope that a sequel is one day the reality that what you've talked about happens. If not, I just really hope you write again um, yeah. and something gets made because I really feel as though you have a huge creative um, talent, which is displayed in your podcast. You really do set the bar for what is expected in podcasting on our network. And I would say to my other, you know, uh, podcasters, if you're, if you've listened to this, which you should, cause Bo's our boss. So I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, but if, if you are, you know, listen to each other's podcasts, Bo always encourages us to do that. But I think you can learn a lot from each other. I know I've yep. learned a lot from Bo. Um, so before we call this a, a night, I just want to encourage everyone, um, if you're listening to this early, you're part of the, uh, the Patreon, you're a Patreon member of the Legion Podcast Network. So we thank you for your support. Um, if you're listening to this later on, this was released first on the, Pageant, the Legion Patreon. And if you're not a member, I don't know why you're not. First off, if you're a Canadian like myself, you can actually choose to pay in Canadian dollars, which always makes life a little bit easier. And for $3 a month, you get access to videos. You get to hear Bo and I talk about the Ouija Experiment movie, which is Oscar worthy. I don't know why you wouldn't want right. to You get, you get to video. see science happen in front of your eyes. It's amazing, <laughs> actually. And there may even be round two to that coming up. We don't want yep. you guys to get too excited and a possible uh, appearance with smoke show at some point too yeah Absolutely. Like that 100%. that's kind of just there really oh. come for the heather you stay for the smoke show um <laughs> <laughs> and there's other great stuff i know our, our other um, legion podcasters brothers and sisters will be adding stuff to our network as well we have a variety of awesome shows uh so please check us out and subscribe uh, we have everything from Scary Stories, which is, what's the name of the new podcast, guys? The Dread Familiar. The Dread yes. Familiar, um, as well as we have uh, Kill the Cast, which is another show that we are underneath, which is Jerry, Jane, Kenneth. Scott, do you want to shout out any shows? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, Cinema Psyops, who, like, it's kind of like the uh, one of the banner shows for this network. I'm, I've been a fan, like, that's pretty much how I found out about Legion in the first place, is by listening to them, because mm -hmm. they a guest spot on a, another podcast and that's how i knew about them so just kind of like a circle yeah. of like getting to know people and 
but yeah, Cinema Psyops, you, it's you, you just gotta listen to those two. I mean, if you're a huge fan, then you know you are a garbage person because that is their fan base, and Bo Absolutely. will tell you that. <laughs> There's also yeah. Desmond's Flicks, um, as well as Movie Misfits. There's a lot of really fun podcasts that you can check out. So, um, you know, if you're if you're a Patreon, thank you for listening. If you're not a Patreon, please consider joining us on Patreon. There's a lot of benefits that will be coming. And Bo, did you want to add anything to what um what we're talking about in regards to Legion? Yeah, I first of all, thank you guys so much, not just for having me uh, for this conversation, but uh, you guys, you know, you you both know I'm bi- a big fan of both of you guys. Uh, I think the show is great. Uh, I'm very excited every time one comes out. Uh, I, I enjoy all the penis talk. <laughs> Scott really likes to talk about his penis. So it's... <sighs> I so do. It's so big. Wait, what? Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable for everyone. I talk a lot about drinking because I do that a lot. But we also talk about the occasional horror movie. Yeah. Between, yeah. It's uh, no, it's it, it, it's a lot of fun. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful and, and happy you guys are with us. Aww, we're just thankful to be on your network and getting to know you <laughs> Aww, it's like one big kumbaya yeah <laughs> um, uh, you know it's it's nice to work with nice people i like that a lot yes i, I really appreciate that you say that about me Bo. that means a lot um, she's really a bully <laughs> you don't know her that well Bo. <laughs> um so you know for scott and i's podcast that Bo led to you or lit or was discussing you can listen to us on the legion podcast network we're underneath the kill the cast feed uh we are the friday nightmares podcast and as much as we joke that we talk about penis and drinking we do talk about horror movies we talk about 2021 movies that we've been watching as well as older films that we've been watching we shout out different podcasts that we've been listening to as well as we do comparisons so our bit our episode that was just dropped this last friday um is on remakes so we talk about the texas chainsaw massacre remake for example as well as the hated nightmare on elm street remake and the friday the 13th and several others and we compare them to the original and we give our thoughts on that and also we share some articles and research on why remakes were made are made um and the purpose behind them so if you haven't checked this out yet please listen and do you have anything else you want to add scotty or do you want to see us out uh, no, I'll say it, uh, also, uh, just, you know, go to the Legion podcast, uh, website and, uh, just com- sub- subscribe and rate and review any show that you, uh, are a fan of and yeah, just show your support, but, uh, that would be it. So until next time, unpleasant dreams. Bye y'all. Uh-huh.